Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Next up, wake up call. Bryce Harper, take it away. One ball, one strike. Breaking ball, hit in the air, center field. Going back is Harris. Back toward the wall. It is gone! He did it again! This time to center field. Harper looks at Arcia again as he goes around the second base bag. And the Phillies lead it 7-1. He is amazing. Harper with his revenge yesterday. Harry is a crazy Braves fan, so he's not happy. But here's the question. Bryce Harper's two home runs last night were his 13th and 14th in his postseason career. The question is, who's the only number one draft pick in baseball history to hit more postseason home runs? Let me explain the stakes. If Harry gets it right, we all dance in Hembo's face. If Harry gets it wrong, Hembo gets to do the celebratory dance. What do you think? I know it's not Chipper Jones because he surpassed Chipper Jones last night. Um, I'm going to go with no one. With what? No one. Oh, oh my one? gosh. No, you cannot. I said in the question, there's only one who has more. Okay. Oh, sorry, Granny. So, so, so. You think should, of maybe a Yankee? This, this is what. Maybe a Yankee? Bernie Williams? Jeez. Oh, oh my gosh. Come on out and dance, Hembo. <laughs> the, the, the Yankee he was thinking of is Alex Rodriguez, yes. I assume. But that oh. isn't. No, I wasn't thinking A Rod. Oh, well, I was that thinking is... maybe like Mickey Mantle. Okay. Was it A Rod? No, the answer. A Rod was next. But the, the, I'll call us correct. Okay, let's see what Hembo's dance is. <laughs> Wow! By the way, I've never been prouder. I've never been prouder of you. We've all watched the last dance. Yeah, Spencer Strider. Yeah. It's personal now. Okay. <laughs> Counting on your spits. You said no one. Bro, he listen. Said, I, this is what Himbo has to do in order to he beat He basically him. said I He has to go to baseball to start beating. Well, he dunked on you. In an, yeah, that, was, that was the most embarrassing moment. Yeah. In an unrelated story, the answer was Carlos Correa. Yeah, in the meantime, no we welcome you back. We are live at the Seaport brought to you by Chase. Here we go. Tons going on today. At week six in the NFL, get started tonight. Let's start it with bold predictions. And Kmart, I'm starting with you. What is your bold prediction for this week six? All right, so here, Greeny, C.J. Stroud, you were talking him up earlier, but I think this is the week that C.J. Stroud actually throws his first interception. No! Think about it. The Saints defense, they're giving up 15 points per game. I think they get after young Stroud. C.J. Stroud, I love him. Harry, give me a bold prediction. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans actually beating the New Orleans Saints, and I know that defense wow. that Kmart just talked about is unbelievable. But C.J. Stroud is unbelievable as well. He was that dude in college. He's that dude in the National Football League, and he's playing exceptional football. D. Wood, give me a bold prediction for this weekend. How about Justin Herbert throwing like four touchdowns in the game against the Dallas Cowboys? Okay, Kellen Moore is going to be like a magician drawing up plays against that that Dallas Cowboys defense. Justin Herbert goes off against the Cowboys. I I want to ask Danny two questions because we're going to talk about the Cowboys offense. Uh, primarily in a moment. But first, let me ask you that. Kellen Moore, yes, having been the Cowboys offensive coordinator all those years, 
knowing the intricacies of that defense as he does, knowing Micah Parsons and all those how much of an advantage is that for the Chargers offense this week? Um, I mean, it's an advantage. Dan Quinn and that defense also know Kellen Moore and his right. tendencies and whatnot. I, I still think, like, you're, you're, if you're Kellen Moore, you're going to sit there and go, how, the teams that minimize Michael Parsons' impact, what do they do? How, how did they do it in practice? That's a distinct advantage because he's their best player. I think they're going to be playing without LVE, Leighton Vander Esch, so that's another advantage that he'll be taking care or taking advantage of. And he's always known what this defense's strength is when it comes to the coverage unit and how they can attack it outside of Trayvon Diggs. So it is an advantage. I think it's a huge story in this game. How this Cowboys defense not only responds to getting absolutely just embarrassed last week in many ways, but the Chargers throw the ball downfield a ton. Right. And can they hold up and do that against a, uh, a Chargers offense that is pretty explosive? Okay, so the Dallas defense is part of the story. But clearly the story of last week and candidly much of this season has been the underwhelming Cowboys offense. And, Dan, you've got three keys for them to get it fixed. If you're not going to throw the ball to CeeDee Lamb, trade him. There was no reason for you guys to take him in the first round if we're just going to line him up and treat him like any other receiver. So consistently, this football team lines him up in the slot, which is that number two receiver in between the ball and an outside receiver, and they just ask him to run relatively basic routes. There's very little movement with him. There's very little trying to create a matchup and or leverage with him to try to allow his skill set to be the dominant thing. So if you're not going to use him as a number one receiver, whether you think he is or isn't, trade him. Number two, the details and the spacing of your pass game are awful. And there was a, like, very much a display of that on Sunday night where the, there's too many people close to, too close to the same type of person on the field. There's very little different levels of your pass game. And I don't think the big story for me is I don't, honestly don't believe Dak trusts a lot of that right now. Mm. And I'd say the last thing is this. Uh, I heard Jerry Jones say this the other day, like, ah, I don't, I don't want to throw it to CG a ton because I want to throw the ball to the backs and the tight ends and whatnot. Great. It sounds like a ball distribution offense. You cannot have a ball distribution offense standing still. A ball distribution offense has to be moving. If we think of the great ball distribution offenses in the NFL right now, it's Kansas City, it's Miami, it's the San Francisco 49ers who just blew your doors off. And so if that's the case, I love it. But we can't just break the huddle, line up stationary, and think you're going to play that way. Not in today's NFL and not unless you have elite talent. So you're talking about all the pre-snap motion that we see in the NFL now, all that eye candy. motion, different formations, bunches, stacks, shifts, snap the ball while someone's moving. It's not 2001. Talk to me about that as a receiver. Yeah, now you want to do it with C.D. Lamb as well just because he's your number one, but other guys that might not be as good as C.D. Lamb, like those tight ends, you want to be able to put those guys in the best situations possible to be successful. Tony Pollard, you got to bring in the guy that you just drafted from Kansas State, the running back. You got to bring him in and do some things as well and create those mismatches. But that's your job as an offensive play caller. What positions am I putting these guys on this football team, on this offense, so they can become successful? Right? I understand C.D. Lamb is your number one, and I do agree with Dan. I will be binge trying to get the football to my best player offensively. But the other guys, they can't just line up and say, hey, we're going to beat guys one-on-one. That's not their game. So as an offensive play caller, you got to create those avenues for those players to be able to get over. I just watched on Sunday the Bengals play the Cardinals without T. Higgins. So the defense knows, like, oh, only Jamar Chase. He's doing the ball 19 times. 19 times. I'm not saying CD's Jamar Chase, but 19 times? We can't, we can't get 
Um, you know, the C.D. Lamb, 12 targets. And, and, and he caught 15 of them, to your point. It, 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 Jamar Chase did. So maybe Jamar Chase is better than C.D. Lamb, and maybe Joe Burrow is just better than Dak Prescott. And that's what I wanted to ask this side of the table over here, at the risk of getting the bishop and the first lady yelling at each other again. <laughs> How much of this is reasonable to place at the feet of the quarterback, Kmart? Dak is too blame. It's hard because I think, going back to our previous conversation, yeah. he should. We still have questions about like, can Dak like overcome? Like even when the defense isn't playing its best, um, even when you're kind of <coughs> handcuffed by Mike McCarthy and the play calling, can you have those moments? I think a big part of this is him, but also it's a team game, Daniel. I was told it's a team game. So if in the offseason your head coach is saying, you know what, I have a better idea. What will take us over the hump is me calling the plays. And they talked about in the offseason how Dak was like, I'm looking forward to this because as a quarterback, I'll feel more comfortable. We're going to be aggressive, but we're going to be smart. And now five weeks, six weeks in, we don't feel better about the Cowboys. We see them actually – they don't have to be a finished product yet, but we actually – have similar questions that we had last year, and we also see them heading backwards. Like, the Eagles are not a finished product. They are still figuring it out, but you feel good about, like, yeah, I see this team. They'll be fine. For what it's worth, Dak has thrown five interceptions through five games. Three of them were this week against San Francisco. D. Wood. It's a team game, right? Is is Dak supposed to overcome, like, everything around him and the defense not doing that? I think for me – Keep it consistent, Bishop. Listen, here's what I think about when I I think about Dak Prescott. He's not a playmaker. Oh. He's not. He's Mm. not a playmaker at the quarterback position. Mm. And I think Sunday night kind of illustrated the difference in what, what I'm talking about. When you look at Dak Prescott compared to Brock Purdy, look at the look how the two play like Brock Purdy on the move making play outside of structure putting ball placement where it needs to be now I'm listen I'm not I'm not putting it all on Dak Prescott because, Sounds like because you are, no I'm not because I, can you Sorry, first thing, can you right. can you let <laughs> right. me finish right. right here <laughs> okay because right. we've talked about Mike McCarthy and his stale offense his yeah. offense is like stuck back in the 90s okay but again when I watch Dak Prescott where is he making plays Huh? Where is that? Where is Dak Prescott making plays? Where is he making? We talking about now? You you the one that brought up the whole you know he's getting you know when you talk about Russell Wilson how much he's getting paid and all this stuff. You, Dak Prescott okay. is getting broke off right now. Like and how often do you see Dak Prescott making plays over and beyond the actual play call? We don't. I don't see it. It's not apparent on on the film. I, are so gonna, are we gonna bring the same smoke to Dak uh, to Dak Prescott like 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 you, like, you, you, were, like you were bringing to Russell Wilson? Will you give it to – you want it to be consistent, right? Is it a team sport or does the quarterback have to elevate what else isn't happening? Does he have to raise his level well, y'all to, were, the, you, to the heavens? You were, you I just want to know what, what you was expecting. You was expecting Russell Wilson to all, to all of a sudden raise heaven and earth over a, a, a atrocious Denver Broncos defense. But it's, now, now, now we're talking about the Cowboys. Now we're talking about the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Now you want to let him off the hook? 
they both of those Are we letting Dak Prescott off the hook right now? No, I just want you to keep it consistent, sir. I am keeping it consistent. I'm calling it like I see it. All right, when I don't see a guy being a, play, a playmaker who's getting broke off a bag, then I'm going to let you know can, what can it I, is. Can I say this really He quick? is getting broke off a bag. <laughs> because when you look at Mike McCarthy, right, and what he was accustomed to when he was at Green Bay, he had the luxury of having Aaron Rodgers. He also had the luxury of having Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, and company. You don't have that at Dallas as a play caller. So that, that's a huge difference when it comes to Mike McCarthy and what he's working with now they don't have versus what he was working with. They don't have weapons. Get him, Dan. They don't Get have him, weapons. Dan. They don't have weapons. I want to hear Dan. Dan, I got to do this with you. broke it down. Yeah. How much of this is about the quarterback and how much of is it about what's around him and the way the plays and the offense is being called and run? It is okay for us to expect that Dak Prescott plays at a really high level. He did not do that on Sunday night. Right. Now, it's never just a quarterback, America. It's, ne- it's never just a quarterback. There are maybe one or two guys that we have, maybe three in the NFL, that just overcome so many different things. And they're Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and, and sometimes Lamar Jackson. That's just about it, okay? It's always – this is the most dependent position in all of sports. It's also one that when you get to a certain level – It's okay for us to sit there and go, you didn't have the ideal situation, but you made us better. You've earned that X amount of dollars. Here's here's what I, I, I I get like frustrated about when it comes to this situation. We make so many excuses for the lack of performance. I feel like it's year after year after year. The difference when it comes to like the Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, if we're just looking at the individual player, Russell Wilson is doing more right now with less Mm -hmm. than Dak Prescott is. But the teams are better because Dallas has an exponentially better team. Don't sit back and look at me. I got into this with Marcus yesterday. Marcus Spears is texting me like, well, uh, if we're just being honest about the Dallas skill position, CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and Brandon Cooks and Ferguson, who would you rather have, them or Washington? We ain't playing seven on seven, bud. Who's got a better offensive line? The Dallas – like. Dallas's offense is capable of being a top 10 offense because just, of the offensive line and the pieces. We can't I, I, say that, that uh, we're not. You, you want to lean back? We can lean back. What, what, what's good? <laughs> what's good, bitch? Because y'all, because you I guys, thought you in said the first, a different word. Because, no, because, because in the first hour, the smoke that you were trying to, that you would bring in Russell we all Wilson, agree there is an inconsistency. So if you talk about, I agree with you with Russell. Again, we said Russell's numbers look similar to Mahomes. Yes, but at what point do we criticize? Do we criticize like the quarterback for not being able to elevate based on his compensation? I, I got to do and two do things. Say, I feel the need to do two things. One is uh, to explain that uh, he, we call him the bishop. So oh. she said bish. bish. Just to be clear. Bishop and first lady. That's what she was saying. Uh, and the second one, I've already forgotten what it was. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> People are telling me that Russ is cooking. I'm not sure if I see it that way. Orlovsky is going to explain it as we get back there. Plus, the AFC North has struggled way more than we expected. Someone has to win it. Who looks like the king of the North right now? We'll answer that question next. Get up on ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are back on Get Up, and the next game is called Sound Off. You'll hear people talk, and then we'll tell you what we think. Let's start with Josh Allen defending his wide receiver, Stephon Diggs, after another sideline outburst. He's a competitor. He's a fiery competitor. Um, I'm tired of hearing all this nonsense from people because a lot of guys in the league that have that same fire that don't get talked about. But, you know, he's he's a lot of our juice on the sideline, um, you know, making sure that the offense is staying up and, and as energized as possible, and we feed off of that. Harry, what do you think? No, I, I agree with him. Uh, when we see Tom Brady do it, we didn't see anybody get upset about it. Stephon Diggs, as long as the Buffalo Bills understand who he is and what he means to their football team, then they're going to be okay. He's a guy that's passionate. He loves the game. He wants to win. He also wants the football, but he wants to do everything in his in his in his his range to make sure the Buffalo Bills are winning football game. All right, we'll talk more about them a little bit later because I think that's interesting and the comparison there. In the meantime, let's go to the next one. Kirk Cousin with the Vikings season on the brink, talking about his no trade clause. Listen. You know, I'm just very focused on the Bears and going one and zero this week. And anything else is just not worth my time or energy or attention. And help but notice he didn't say, "I definitely want to finish the season here." Hey, Mark, is there a chance he gets traded? Um, not to your Jets. Um, no. I mean, here's the thing: it's a little early to say that he will get traded. They're going to be without Justin Jefferson for four games. They have to see where they are after those four games. He could be dealt, but it won't be to Florham Park. They've got a couple more weeks before the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. They will not get Justin Jefferson back before that no matter what. Then let's get to Joe Burrow and his calf. He had a breakout game last week against the Cardinals. He was asked how he's feeling now. Here's what he said. 
It's hard to say. I'm confident that I can I can run around and extend and make plays right now. So uh, tough to say percentage-wise, but we're pretty close. Pretty close, and the division didn't run away and hide. And, Dan, as you look at the tape, is Joe Burrow back to being Joe Burrow? He is. It's the closest we've seen this year to Joe Burrow looking like Joe Burrow. Their offense didn't change really at all versus Arizona last week. It was still their heavy 2-by-2 RPO, 3 by Zero RPO, but it was the four or five plays that Joe was able to get out of the pocket and, and make a defender miss and create some extra time. This is third and goal, and this doesn't happen unless Joe is able to move away from that pressure. He did not do that in the first five weeks, excuse me, four weeks of the season. This is them moving the pocket. We've kind of been waiting going, okay, guys, you can't just – drop back Joe from the gun at that same spot on a consistent basis and think that that's going to be the case. Again, the, this play is really oh. the big thing for me, Greeny. That's Joe, right? And now everyone's going, that's three or four yards, but it's not second and 16, which, mm-hmm. which it has been. Then the, uh, like the ability to climb the pocket and go use his legs, which is, again, the story of his performance and the final touchdown when he's, again, moving from that defender, creating extra time, and then finding Jamar Chase. We have not seen that Joe Burrow this year. The fact that he did it last week and has even said this week, I'm the closest I've been to 100%. So coming off of that performance, I feel so much more confident in saying the Bengals, at least offensively, are very much so back. As I watch that tape, the two things you notice are, yes, Burrow looks so much better. The second, Jamar Chase is just so ridiculous. Yeah, he's always good. open. He's unbelievable. Why is he always open? You're a receiver. He says he's 7-11. How is it that everyone in the world, including me on my couch a thousand miles away, knows they want to throw the ball to him, and yet he's always open? Because he's a special talent. He has that it factor. I look at this first touchdown right here, the ability, the lower body strength to be able to stop, reverse pivot outside and catch that football. I've seen a lot of uh, receivers in that situation get Mm. pushed out of bounds, and the quarterback has nowhere to go. But you talk about a guy that has that relationship with Joe Burrow as well that goes back to their college days. So when those two guys are on one accord, we're going to see some lethal and exceptional stuff. It is, it is impossible to believe that he and Justin Jefferson were on the same college team. It's no wonder. That, and with Joe Burrow as the quarterback, it's no wonder they set every offensive record in the history of this. they got to win against Seattle, though. They have to win this week. But it's, be- not, it's not just Seattle. So look at their schedule. Are they back? I don't know. Is Joe Burrow back? I, I, I don't know. They have to go through Seattle, right. San Francisco, Buffalo, Houston, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. From the jump, I said you cannot count these Bengals out because I've watched them when everybody thought, even before the last couple of years, everybody was like, oh, the Bengals aren't going to do anything. They figure out how to disprove a lot of what people think. But still, against the Arizona Cardinals, that was a good first step. But you need to see Joe Burrow do it again mm-hmm. and again and again. And this calf, we're going to be talking about this all season, in my opinion. So it's not just beating the Cardinals. It is the division is wide open. And the AFC, this is a team that can win a Super Bowl. Yep. Like, that, that's why it's like I'm more hesitant to say, yeah, he's 100%. He's good. Somehow the Steelers are tomlining their way all the way to the yeah. top of the division right now. Well, let's put the picks up. And, D. Wood, I'll start with you. If, if we can put them on the screen, if I ask you right now, who's going to win that division, you're saying Cincinnati. I'm going Cincinnati. I, I think that sometimes you need a game like that to kind of get you jump-started. Yeah. You know, get the confidence with everybody back on offense. Because that's what, what, really, what really the Bengals are known for is their, their offense. And I think having that game with Joe Burrow look that way, yeah. 
That aspect of his game, I, I think they're, they're going to be on their way. So this, I think this is a two-team division. It's either going to be the teams we see, either Cincinnati or Baltimore. I trust Cincinnati a little bit more when it comes to the health people being on the field and actually making the play. Joe Burrow absolutely looked better. I think the two things that I want to see more out of Cincinnati, one, I still want that offensive line to be better. They're, mm-hmm. they're still not as good as I expected them to be. And then two – their defense is still really young. I would, I would say that their defense is really one of the backbones of their playoff runs. Oh, I just yeah. want that defense, specifically the secondary, just to kind of take another notch forward. Quickly, why Baltimore? I'm going to go Baltimore because you look at the last two seasons. When Lamar Jackson was healthy in 2022, they were the number one team in the AFC. When he was healthy in 2021, they were the number one seed in the AFC, period, as a conference, the AFC North previous year. Uh, so I'm going with Baltimore in those regards because uh, Lamar Jackson, man, he's just dynamic. Lamar Jackson, I don't have questions about him, uh, on his play. You said it earlier. When Lamar Jackson is on the field, you, you always you think the Ravens have a chance. I just need to see Joe Burrow a couple more games. Fascinating division. I will remind everyone the Steelers right this minute are in first place. <laughs> Coming up, the weekend starts tonight. Broncos, Chiefs, they will square off. Is Russell Wilson quietly having a much better season than many, including myself, believe him to be? Dan Orlovsky is going to break down the tape, show you exactly how Russ is cooking, as only he can. That's next. Don't miss it. Get up on ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back on Get Up, bottom of the hour, it's time to go streaking. The Denver Broncos will look to break a streak tonight in Kansas City. They've lost 15 straight games against the Chiefs. That is tied for the longest active losing streak in any head-to-head matchup in the NFL. And to have any chance tonight, we would assume Russell Wilson's going to have to play a great game. There's been so much talk about how well he's playing or isn't. Danny. Show us the tape. Yeah, the long ball is back for Russell Wilson. That's what he was notorious for in many ways in Seattle, and it's very much so back with Marvin Mims. So this is Marvin Mims, the rookie wide receiver out of Oklahoma, okay? I'm just going to play it for everybody at home because when I talk about the long ball, it's Russell's ability to push the ball downfield to create not only big plays but touchdown plays early in the season, second week. So it starts with this Sean Payton, 12 personnel. We have one back, two tight ends on the field. That's a staple of Sean Payton. Now the second thing is this, the commitment to protection. They're going to pull the backside guard, okay? But what they're going to do is do this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys are going to be in protection. Wow. They're saying, Russell, we're going to give you the opportunity to push the ball downfield with that 12 personnel play action protection. Smart because this, all they're gonna do is this, Greeny. They're gonna take Cortland Sutton at the bottom of the screen and they're gonna run him on an in and then out. They're trying to get these, this defensive back to stay low. Now I've created all this space for speed. And then they're gonna take Marvin Mims, they're gonna push him vertical and they're gonna run what we call a field post. 
A normal post goes to the middle of the go post. A field post is essentially a post where we're going to bring you all the way across the field. Now, this is the why the protection matters the most. Look at this pocket for Russell Wilson. Mm. Russell Wilson has this huge space where he can now work. He's got a really good job of vision down to the bottom because you want to make sure that that guy, corner-wise, stays low, and then you trust Marvin Mims to go win on the route as the safety plays outside leverage. Russell goes hitch-hitch, launches the football from the 37-yard line all the way down to the opposite 15, touchdown. That's another reason why this is allowing this offense to play and Russell Wilson to play well. Now, two weeks ago, Marvin Mims, bottom of the screen as the vertical receiver. You're going to get Tampa too, right? This middle linebacker is going to run through. There's a safety right here that's playing half of the field. We're going to do the two-on-one ball. I'm going to take a seam, and then I'm going to take a vertical. We want a two-on-one means we have two guys going vertical. Russell Wilson, I need you to manipulate that safety with your eyes. Russell does a fantastic job. Again, this is what he's notorious for. He's staring that safety to take that inside receiver. And then he's going to say one, two, I've got six men in protection, and I'm going to throw this outside go ball. That's called that what turkey hole, honey hole, where it's in between the safety and the corner. Perfect placement for Russell Wilson. Again, to Marvin Mims for big plays. So we want Russell Wilson to be somewhat who he was in Seattle. Sean Payton is very much so using Marvin Mims in that way to allow Russell to drive and throw the football downfield for explosive plays. To beat Kansas City, they need at least two of those tonight. That's so extraordinarily well done. You're seeing that. And look, the numbers would suggest that Russell Wilson, just absent anything else, is having a great season because we all say Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the entire sport. And if you look at the numbers, their numbers are actually quite comparable. If anything, Russell's have been slightly better. Now, all this, of course, is at times skewed by or dependent upon the circumstances of games. And Russell Wilson is playing on a team whose defense has been so historically bad that it sort of changes things. I want to go back to something I said to you on Monday because it got posted and everyone made a big deal out of it. I said that Russell Wilson doesn't look comfortable to me. He still throws the best deep ball or one of the best deep balls of anyone in the NFL. Sure. But what we were talking about, what I meant was, Sean Payton runs this offense that we saw for all these years in New Orleans. One, two, get it out. One, two, get it out. That's not what it looks like to me. It looks to me like when they're trying to run that stuff, Russell looks very uncomfortable, and that's what I meant. Yeah, Russell's not there yet when it comes to the Drew Brees um, almost like a metronome, like boom, 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 like ball out, ball out, exactly. ball out. That's, that's not, what I mean. That's not who Russell has been. I honestly don't think that's who Russell is going to be. And so Sean is very much so trying to figure out, like, okay, I want that high completion percentage efficient offense. Yep. I don't necessarily have the quarterback that's going to do that right now. So you're trying to make – he's still trying to figure out who Russell Wilson is as a player right now too. So I, I honestly believe, Greeny – and I know what you meant. Like, he's playing exponentially better this year than he was last year. Fair. I, that's 100% right. And so, whatever. If, if, I think it, I didn't say what I meant to say sure. the way I meant to say it. So, that's what it was. It doesn't look like a smooth rhythm offense. Mm-hmm. Their defense is so bad, it may not make any difference. But earlier this morning, I wanted to give the two of you in particular a chance Time to, to get back go to marriage into obviously. this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. The bishop and the first lady. Mm-hmm. What is reasonable to be expecting from Russell Wilson right now on a team that is struggling the way this is? What, how much of the blame is it fair to put on Russell Wilson, Kmart? Uh, it's hard because, like we were talking about, the defense is so bad. I think when you look at these quarterbacks, and we got loud and we yell and we like, have fun and stuff, but the reality is 
the life of their contracts, however, however long each individual guy is with their team, Russell in Denver, Dak in Dallas, they were paid or brought to their teams to win a Super Bowl. That's the expectation, particularly with Russ. So if he is there, and if they feel like internally, if they feel like the reason we are not good is because of our defense, Russ and Sean have a whole season to figure it out, then stay status quo. But if there is any doubt from Sean Payton or anybody internally that you're looking at Russ and you're looking at last year and you're looking at it now and you're like, uh, this mayor, I don't know, they have a decision to make. And I think that is what we're judging Russell on. It's not just the 2023, the injuries, the defense. It's do we feel like we have a guy who can still win us a Super Bowl? And I don't know if they I, – I don't know if, if he can. I, I think the question is, uh, is Russell Wilson and Sean Payton even compa- compatible, to be honest with you, because you – Sean Payton has been used to running things a certain way his whole career yeah. as a play caller. The, and, Dan, you pointed out Russell Wilson has been used to playing quarterback a certain way. Yes. Are they even compatible? Now, on top of that, you have a historically bad defense – what are the what are the real realistic expectations for Russell Wilson as it relates to the Denver Broncos and quote unquote being a Super Bowl team? I think this thing is like they are so far from that right now. We don't even know if the quarterback is going to be the long term solution in, in Denver. And, and that's a good question because, or a good thing that you brought up, Wood. Because Dan, I ask you if the Denver Broncos are sitting in a situation where they have a top five pick and we know what this quarterback draft in 2024 looks like. Do they take that guy that Sean Payton believes can run the system that he wants to run? Yeah, I, that's a great question. If Russell Wilson continues to play the way that Russell Wilson has for the first five weeks, I do not believe that they do and or should move on from Russell Wilson. I, I think that Russell Wilson is on track for pushing 40 touchdowns and 4,500-plus yards. Without a number one, like, unquestioned receiver. Jerry Judy has missed some time. Uh, Cortland Sutton hasn't been who we thought he was going to be. The offensive line is good. So, I do think it's a great question because it's, like, worth conversation. But I think if you're the Denver Broncos, and to Kimberly's point, it's totally fair. I agree with it. What we gave up to go get him, I don't think you move on from him if he continues to play this way. The fact that Harry's even asking that question. Yeah. it's That, to me is part of the conversation, that there's even any doubt after we gave up what we gave up that we would think, looking at our record, if the Denver Broncos are at a point where they could have a high pick, should they? And it's worthy of a discussion. That's not where they should be, given what they gave up. Let let me ask you a question. Let me ask this question. We always talk about coaching and coaching being able to adapt to your personnel. Yes. So why aren't we asking the same question about Sean Payton adapting to what you have at the quarterback position? We all know, we've seen Russell. Russell Wilson has never been played the quarterback position like Drew Brees. No. That has never been his thing. Right. So, and you knew, and you knew this, you, Sean Payton, you knew this going in. So why aren't you adapting you're adapting your playbook to the skill set of Russell Wilson yeah. to get the most out of Russell Wilson in this particular situation. I think that Sean is Sean Payton is in the world. You know this. Yeah. There's no way to play football consistently in the NFL offensively without some form of efficiency. Correct. Like we, so we consider and say, like, he, he's never been Drew Brees, but you're trying to get him to, like, give me – 
five four-yard completions a game just because I'm calling them. So Russell it like has to oblige and get that out as well. So I don't know if Sean Payton's not doing a good enough job with, with that. I think he is. It's just trying to like – you're not trying to get Russell Wilson to be 100% of Drew Brees, but can I get him in that regard to be like 70 or 80%? And I think that's kind of where – but again, he's playing really good football. This is not a team in conversation because of their offense. Harry, of their next four games, they play Kansas City twice and Buffalo. So, I mean, you, we were looking at a situation here where the Chiefs very like, excuse me, the Broncos are very likely to be something like two and seven. Then what happens? Then what happens, Bishop? Start. <laughs> Again. You got to start. Listen, I'm, I, I don't know. Why are you trying to keep oh. to bring smoke oh. my way? Oh. Like, I'm not going to bring, bring smoke my right <laughs> way. <laughs> I'm rolling out of this. Yeah. We're going to need some real therapy after this. After this show. Yeah, yeah. The first lady and the bishop, anyone here, right, raise your hands. Anyone think Denver wins tonight in Kansas City? No. I mean, obviously not, right? I, I mean, uh, we'll see. Taylor Swift, uh, I have a feeling we'll see a lot of her in the second <laughs> half uh, on Amazon tonight. We'll see how that works out. All right. Meanwhile, we got... Coming up next, the Jets have never beaten the Eagles ever. Is there any chance they can finally do it? Someone give me some hope. We'll make all of our predictions coming up next, and we'll do them this way. The big man smashing helmets with his big mallet. It's big man tiny helmets, the most dangerous segment on television, and it's next. back on Get Up. Today is a throwback Thursday. You know what happened 15 years ago today? Dan? Oh, Dio. No. Oh, Dio. What the fuck? Whoa. <laughs> 15 years ago today, the man, the man became a verb. I feel, like, I feel like I see this clip once a week on this network. And oh, man. Daniel. I see it. Get rid of it, times throw a day. It, throw it. Throw it. I didn't even know we were doing this. As, as oh, God's really? witness, Artie said in my ear, it's, we're doing this coming up. I had no idea. Blame Artie. Artie slipped it in there. So I woke okay. up at 4 o'clock in the morning to come into I know. the show. I blame Artie. And then hey. go from here. Hey, well, I will say, though. Go from here to your, Bristol. Your hair game is a lot better right uh, now. I, I say this yeah. all the time. When you see this picture, someone married that, that. person. It's, we, we do wonder about that, yeah. <laughs> this was in 2008? 15 years ago. This is today, a year yes. before I got married. Married. I, I was just she about. She still married you after still this. Still married me. Bless I have four kids with her. But to your defense, though, Jared Allen, man, was a beast. Yeah. So if I've seen Jared Allen come at me, too. I, I've run out of all the puns. That, like, someone married that, dude. Yeah. yeah. The, bangs, the bangs are questionable. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's do <laughs> Money let's do changes a lot of things. <laughs> okay. Let's do rookie. Resumes. Artie, what the fudge, man? There have been some great <laughs> rookies in the league this year, including Joey Porter Jr. He's been targeted eight times as the nearest defender this year. Quarterbacks against him are two for eight with 25 yards and a pick, a passer rating of 0.5. Harry, how impressive has this kid been so far? Very impressive, Greeny. I like his size. According to that 6'2", long wingspan, 34-inch arms, can be very physical in press coverage. Plus, he has that clutch gene, his father, Joey Porter Sr. 
played at a high level for Pittsburgh as well. Absolutely. Next, I want to go to C.J. Stroud. I told you earlier this morning, to me, this has been one of the great surprises that we've ever seen. He's thrown 186 passes without an interception. That's the most in history to start a career. He's thrown for over 1,400 yards in five games. Dan, what do we say about C.J. Stroud? He, he's everything that the Houston Texans saw him to be coming out of Ohio State. Elite pocket pa- passer. The pocket movement has been spectacular. The way he sees things before they happen, that anticipation and accuracy is awesome. Houston, you got a guy for the next 10 years, and I can say that after five weeks. Yes. I agree. You know who else has a guy? Philadelphia. (laughs) Jalen Carter has a pass rush win rate of 24%. That's second in the entire league at defensive tackle. D. Wood, you're an offensive lineman. How are you handling this kid? Ah, man, pray. Right. Uh, listen, it, it, sometimes, Greeny, it's unfair, you know, what things that happen with, with really good franchises. For that guy to fall to number 10 to Philadelphia, yeah. man, it's just unbelievable. You just don't see people his size being able to move the way he moves. And this is just his rookie year. Imagine what he's going to look like in year two and three. He is unbelievable as a, as a rookie defense alignment. You know whose problem he is right this minute? Mm. Me. They're playing the Jets this weekend. The Jets all-time against the Eagles are 0-12. This is going to be a tough test, obviously, for Zach Wilson. Kmart, talk to me. What do we expect this Sunday? Give me some reason for hope. Give me some reason for excitement. Give me some reason to think the Jets can stun the world Sunday afternoon. Any given Sunday? No, I mean, I guess that's it. That's it. Got nothing better than that. No. Nothing. Um, No, no, no. no. I will say, in, in fairness to Zach Wilson, this is a huge matchup. But every single matchup for this kid has been huge. It has been a gauntlet literally a minute and a half into this season for him. Monday night, called into duty. He Dallas, then Patriots, then, then Chiefs. Sunday night, Taylor Swift and all the pop and circumstances. The Hackett Bowl. The kid is improving. But unfortunately for the Jets, the margin of error is so slim for them because the defense has to be outstanding. Zach can't make mental mistakes. He will turn the ball over, but he can't make dumb mistakes. And the offensive line, which was a concern coming in, is now a bigger concern. I can't believe I'm going to say this. They have to give him the chance to make mistakes, yeah. right? They have to live Throw with the, the mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Let him be what he's capable of being. Yeah, so I'm a nerd, so you're always trying to find out ways that the team that shouldn't win can. They absolutely could win this game. Obviously, they have to play tremendous defense. I think, number one, be aggressive on those early downs. They have to be willing to be aggressive and not go run, run, pass. Number two, I would actually get into a lot of empty versus the Eagles, meaning only my five offensive linemen are blocking and you got five wide receivers out. Again, early downs to try to get the ball out of his hands and to get to take advantage of a little bit of the Eagles' zone defense. Number three, and I mentioned this, the Eagles are starting to play a little bit more man and pressure. I think he's got to work opposite Darius Slay. Now, that's not saying Bradbury is not a good corner, but Slay is playing at a really high level in man coverage. So it maybe doesn't go to Garrett Wilson in those situations. Maybe it does go to Alan Lazard, but working away from Slay. The last thing is this. Robert Sala has to steal two possessions somehow in this game. Steal two. I don't care if it's maybe being over-aggressive on fourth down, maybe being special teams opportunistic and a fake in some capacity. They are not going to win this football game just lining up and playing. So is there a way? Absolutely. If I were them, that's the way that I would go about doing it. 
Uh, but it's a big challenge, obviously. And for the Jets, when you look at them from a defensive perspective, I want to see that defensive line versus the best offensive line in football. Yeah. Because if they can win their matchups, that means they're going to be able to limit the run game, which we know the Philadelphia Eagles want to do, run the football. But also – You've got to get them in the third and seven. I think the best duo, wide receiver duo in football right now, is A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. You have to limit those two guys. Yeah. Let's put the picks up on the screen. Uh, give me the final word, D. Wood, on this. Well, that's not good. Uh, give that's me the, the final, final word, word, Greeny. That's the final word. <laughs> no, for me, it's, it's a lot of what, like, if you're going to go down swinging, like, do it aggressively with, with Zach. Like, I would say motion, yes. too. Yeah, yeah like, like whatever, whatever happened, what we saw in the Kansas City game, I need about, like, five times more of that. That's, that's what I need. Why the opposite way? All right, what we'll see what mean? happens. That's those picks. we got to make a few more, as only we can. It is time for Big Man Tiny Helmets. <laughs> Welcome to the most dangerous this segment. Very... Big Man Tiny Helmet. Get the goggles ready. Oh. That went right by my face. Things just got real. Yeah, yeah. Start <laughs> to the side. Start to the side. Graziano's got a lot of potential. <laughs> Oh. Oh, Holy smoke. There's no coming back from that. I think that might be my best. All right, here we go. The most dangerous five minutes of our week. It is time for Big Man Tiny Helmets as the big man D. Wood will smash the helmet of the losing team in these matchups. All right, we got Seahawks, Bengals. Mm. Joe Burrow a little better last week. Seahawks are a really good team. That's down here. Yep. Smash uh, the uh, losing team D. Wood. Oh, night, night. see, look, look at that. I'm night, glad night. you, I'm glad, Dano, you were, you were down there. Yeah. See how that shrapnel came? You yeah. went up over. Yeah, I did, I did, I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. That yeah. was close. Listen, I, I think last week was a jumping off point for, for the Cincinnati Bengals. We saw the true Joe Burrow, the guy that's healthier, being able to move around. If we see more of that, I think the Bengals are in good position. Let's put the picks up on the screen as we go through it. What you, uh, everybody on Cincy. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So, Seattle's secondary has struggled this year mm-hmm. up until when they played the Giants. Um, I actually think the other side of the ball is going to be the, the biggest story. Can Seattle's offense have success against Cincinnati's defense? Because I think Shane Waldron, their play caller, is as good as you know, helping quarterbacks in the NFL as a coach is right now. So I think Cincinnati's D's got to show up. Right, let's do the Belichick Bowl here. This is Josh McDaniels and Jimmy Garoppolo against their old boss. Uh, let's see it here. So Raiders, uh, Patriots smash the loser. Oh, again. Oh, see you. Again. Wow. Yeah. See you, Wood. Coach, she be evaporating. I see you after this here. Yeah, this it, is dust. Why? Disintegrate. It's over for Bill. It's have over. You, have you watched the Patriots? Oh, I have oh. watched. They stink right now. They stink. Put the picks up on the screen. Anybody riding Bill here? Let me say. Oh, Kmart. Ooh. Why do you like the Patriots? <laughs> this is one of those games where it's like if, if you don't figure it out, then it's over. I think that what the last two games has to be the wake-up call. I think Belichick is going to come out with Mac Jones. They're gonna, it's going to be completely different than what we've seen, D. Wood. I have faith. All right, we'll see. Maybe. I got time for one more. Let's do Cowboys Chargers Monday night, the Kellen Moore Bowl, all the rest of that. Oh, Dan, it makes me so nervous when you're down there. Okay, smash the losing team. Oh! He's on the Chargers. Yes. That broke in multiple pieces, by the way. It did. Yeah. It actually hit me, by the way. You like the Chargers. I do. I do. Yes, I like the Chargers. I think that Kellen Moore is going to attack this this uh, Dallas Cowboys secondary. We, we talked about it earlier. Like they're going to push the ball down the field. I think they're going to they're going to make some big plays. Let's see the picks. Oh, uh, Danny, you got why the Cowboys? Cuz I still think the Cowboys are a good team. Um, and I think that hopefully they are resharpened focus-wise. 
Chargers are a good team. I think Dallas is a good team as well. well I think how the Cowboys come out in this game is going to tell us a lot about their mental, right? They got embarrassed on Sunday San Night Francisco Football. Don't let beat you twice. Exactly. That's the thing. That's the I thing. don't want to say that D. Wood is the strongest person in the world, but he and I just bumped arms, and I think my watch broke. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this is, can I take this home? Yeah. Sure, take it home. Why not? Uh, I have no authority to tell you to do that, but whatever. Okay. Top-ranked boxing. It's called Coming Get Up anyway. Greeny. Friday, including a middleweight unification bout the main card begins 10.30 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN+. Plus. First take is coming up top of the hour. Who's the biggest threat to Kansas City, the AFC East or the field? Molly, Stephen A., Danny will be there, Kmart, D. Wood will be there. They're all on the way. Top of the hour on ESPN. The game of the college weekend is on ABC Saturday afternoon, Oregon and Washington. The game day crew will be there in Seattle starting 9 Eastern. Harry will be there for the game this weekend. I'm excited. I want to see people with that boy bad signs out there, and I want to see your moves. Do it. First take starts now. <laughs> 